And we are back to discuss some Star Trek Picard. Now, of course, um, I'm not a big Star Trek fan like Preston is, but uh, we have a remedy for that. We brought in special guest Phil the Issues Guy, who's been with us before. Hello, Phil. Hey, great to be here. Great to talk about some Star Trek. Yeah, so Phil, you and Preston are both like the Star Trek guys. I'm, I like binged the hell out of Deep Space Nine like a long time ago, and it took me at least two months to get through it. And I gotta say, even though I haven't seen Voyager, I've seen a little bit of Enterprise, and I haven't seen much of the original series, I gotta say, Deep Space Nine is king. I love it. And because it's like kind of like Game of Thrones in space with the war and politics, I love it. It's so good. Cisco is the best captain, hands down. Fuck anybody, fight me. It, Absolutely. He's, he's just, I, I and then you show. have Quark and Garrick and you have all the alien races that uh, are yeah. more than just caricatures in the background. They're actually real, engaging characters. I think that's... And I think Deep Space Nine ages the best in modern modern TV with the ongoing storylines and such. Oh, 100 Yeah, also, they didn't they didn't do the reset button a lot. You know, a lot, you know, with episodic stories, something major happens and then the next episode and no one remembers all of the uh, the relationships and weird things that they'd gone through um, in episodic stories. So, I mean, Deep Space Nine was my favorite as well. Me too. And what's interesting about the modern Trek, whether whatever, whatever you think about the storylines, it's more it's most representative of Deep Space Nine with like the ongoing storylines. It seems like each one of the new series are more trying to emulate that rather than the episodic stuff. You, you have the Orville for that, like the episodic uh, Star Trek. Yeah, the the real Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, they say it's more Star Trek than Star Trek. Like, you know, so. It's interesting because I'm not a huge Seth MacFarlane fan, but I love the Orville. He, he seems to just have a good understanding of what I liked about Star Trek, but I'm not like the biggest Family Guy fan or anything like that. Well, that's what's funny about like you guys, like you older Star Trek fans. You kind of like miss the TNG style area. Like Preston and I both watch uh, Red Letter Media and every time they have a Star Trek Same. review of like the new stuff, they always bitch about like, you know, where the new stuff is going. And I, I kind of, seeing Deep Space Nine and seeing some of the episodes of TNG, I kind of of agree like the old track feels a little better this the new the new the new tracks feels a little too jj abrams for me yeah just a, just a tad. it's it's a little bit too much too much kurtzman all up in it and i also watch red letter media I'd, I'd watch i'd watch uh rich evans talk about star trek for hours and hours on end <laughs> He's my spirit animal. It's true. I mean, they they know it better than like I've seen every episode of Trek. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, except for Discovery, I haven't seen Discovery, but I've seen every episode of Trek. But I haven't seen every episode of Trek multiple times and can like pull out the actors that you know appeared in season four, episode three, and 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 see them in a movie and all of that and like recognize where they're from. Like, they're they're really crazy. Um, as <laughs> as as many Trekkers are, you know, but. Uh, but, is it Trekkers or Trekkies? No, so that's the thing is a Trekker is is a Star Trek fan. A Trekkie is a derogatory term. For oh, Star Jesus. Trek I'm fan. so sorry. Yes, it's, a, it's, an ins, it's an insult. There was a whole uh, documentary film before fandom was being before being in a fandom was cool. Star Trek fans would be very, very, very meanly be called Trekkies. You, you, you geeky Trekkies. Well, I, yeah. I apologize to the to the Trekkers. I did not know this, but <laughs> uh, oh my god, there's a there's an incredible documentary um, hosted by Denise Crosby, mm -hmm. the Tasha Yar character, who she goes around the country like meeting Trekkers, and it's it's an amazing an amazing documentary. But there's a hilarious one where she goes to this guy, this person's house and she paints her own 
like Star Trek paintings. And one of them is this erotic picture of her and Data together. And it's just really weird to see like Denise Crosby like looking at this erotic painting of her with Brent Spiner, like like being like, oh, that's interesting. Those were the days. <laughs> but uh, all that aside, let's get to the meat and potatoes of what we're here to discuss. Star Trek Picard, which I just actually, um, I do this thing where, this is why I can't watch movies anymore. I, I do this thing where, I'll watch half of it, and I'll get like, I gotta get up, I gotta do other things. So I just finished the second half of it. Um, the second half is notably different from the first. Mm-hmm. It is. It is the second half of the first episode of season two. It. So what I'm so okay. Let's get to the the first thing. They killed off off screen the oh. his Romulan. Um, Gardner guy, Zabon. Yeah, just just, just, just so, so he they could... could try to have a romance. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. What the fuck? Why would you have him in the first place? Then just have her. And not just that, they made her have to say how Romulans get over people quick. And the next person that they get with, it's even hotter. Oh <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I, I I won't say that the scene was poorly done, but it's still a fucking, like, ancient Patrick Stewart in the scene. And, you know, like, and look, look, I also have to say, I am happy to say that Patrick Stewart is, has upped his acting game Mm -hmm. from last season. Last season, he was phoning it in 100%. Like, he's just reading lines with no um, emotion connected to what's going on in the scene. I'm not saying he's great this season, but at least in this episode, he's He's, you can believe that he's there versus just some dude reading lines, you know? (laughs) I agree. It also felt like he was more engaged in the story. And just as a general statement, I felt, I felt a lot more of a Star Trek-y vibe in it, whether that's the next generation music that they undercut certain scenes with, or making sure you mentioned Sulu at one point in the episode or the Kobayashi Maru or, or the Stargazer being the title of the episode. They, they made sure that, or a Spock reference about a book Spock wrote, you know, they they put like these little Trek things all throughout. But I, I also agree. I think Patrick Stewart, for whatever reason, seemed like he was sleepwalking a lot of last season. And this season, he at least seems engaged, like he's trying more. Yeah. Now, now I liked, I thought that the scene, like the, the, the actress playing the Romulan did, did an incredible job and she sold the scene, but it's still ridiculous that she'd be like, oh, I'm in love with you. A hundred year old Picard, an 80, 80 year old Patrick Stewart. Like, I, I want to get with you. Like, co- like, come Preston, on. <laughs> like, you know? Actually, I have to ask you guys this question, both of you, since you guys, um, keep in mind, I was born in 91 and I think you, you both were watching Star Trek TNG before I was even born. Is that would that be accurate for either Prob- of you? Probably. I was watching Patrick Stewart being creepy in the episode Tapestry, probably right around the time you were born. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in Dune, just so we know, in, in the eighties movie Dune. But um I have to ask you guys, is it weird watching like one of your I'm assuming Patrick Stewart is one of your favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Um is it weird watching sure, this sure. guy like from way back when? be this older now like it is it does it feel weird because like all, all my favorite actors they're they're <laughs> pardon me for saying this they're nowhere near as quote-unquote ancient <laughs> as patrick stewart is so is that is it kind of weird watching john luke picard you know age this this much and you know struggle to like because it, it did seem a little weird that they forced this love 
plot with him yeah. and this other woman. I I, uh. I mean, I would say that it's it's not as weird with Patrick Stewart because he's never really disappeared from the public eye, and so you see him age slowly. It's weirder when you don't when you haven't seen someone in in forever. And then you see them and they've changed a lot. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone to a reunion or if, or if you've run into somebody you haven't seen in 10 years and they've gotten fat and bald. And you're like, oh, oh, that's, oh, you're not the person that I, I knew. And, and like, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little shock of mortality at you. Like, oh, gosh, we're, we're all aging. Because we don't even think about our own aging because we look in, our, in the mirror and we see a, a micro change every day. And so we don't really notice. But then when you see somebody you haven't seen in 10 years, you're like, oh, Patrick Stewart, he's been in our eyes, like, constantly for the past. Professor X and X-Men. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and then he had his whole thing with Ian McKellen being in the public eye with all those photos. We kind of saw Patrick Stewart age gracefully. But then you see someone like, what happened to Brendan Fraser? And then Brendan Fraser shows up and you're like, oh, oh he had a bad, oh, he had a bad couple of years. And I love Brendan Fraser, but, uh, but, in, but you're right. If you don't see somebody for a while, if you don't see a musician perform for a while and they, they, they go out of the spotlight to record an album and then suddenly you see them on stage and you're like, whoa, what happened to this person? Rather than if you see someone like Paul McCartney, for instance, gradually get older in the public eye. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, how did you both... So, the first half... Um, eh, the first half is them really reintroducing the characters from last season, which yeah. most of them I really did not give a fuck about. Uh, Dr. Girardi, the blonde who killed her boyfriend. I'm surprised she's not in jail because <clears throat> she straight up killed did, that fucking guy. Did they retcon something? Because she mentioned an alien-induced... An alien-induced... Um, excuse, alien-induced insanity to let her off of the murder of her boyfriend, which, is, is that a retcon? I think so. I think some is, parts of this episode did seem like last year they were trying to go, yeah, 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 you guys remember last year. That was so long ago. Let's let's just go whatever. So whether it was a, a retcon or they just kind of, she fast-talked her way through it in a sort of yada yada kind of way to just be like, yeah, look over here. You look at the monkey over here. Uh, yeah, la la lampshade. We, we lampshade. We mentioned it. Done. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm not. I'm not in jail for murder. <laughs> and Carmine's right. That's what the whole first half of this episode was. It was playing the check-in game. Check-in on the samurai guy. Check-in on on uh, Raffi. Check-in on on Seven of Nine, who's now a act full-on action hero instead of a scientist. Check it on her little uh, Carl Drogo uh, uh, projection thing that's going on right there. I I had totally forgot. And I'm glad they did that check in because I had forgotten that that he had a bunch of holograms that looked like him on his ship. And so I was like, wait, what happened to him? Why is he speaking a different language? And why does he have a beard? And then I was like, oh right, he has all of those holograms. Oh, and they're all combined so into a little one now. Oh, so that's they, why. They, that's what happened. Oh. They're all combined into one, so that's why there's not like a bunch of them all over the place. <laughs> they have they them. have been assimilated, so to speak. Pretty much, actually. Oh, sorry. To so the the first half is <laughs> the first half is like ever like reintroducing everybody. But I I don't understand why we're focusing so much on the fact that Picard doesn't have a girlfriend. Um, I'm sure this will somehow. Mm. I'm tying mm -hmm. with Q, trying to teach Picard it's okay to love your gardener's <laughs> girlfriend who died. 
But like, <laughs> they they we're gonna waste the Guinan cameo for them to talk about the fact that he's just afraid to open up to women, really, or to anybody in general. By by, by the way, but I, I I hope that's not the only Guinan cameo. But um, it's so weird because Guinan. Like Whoopi Goldberg was really acting. Like she was really trying. Dude, she was so um, happy to be there. Like she's always been so excited to be a part of Star Trek, and it it shows showed in her performance in this one as well. She really was locked in. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh my god, she can she just come back every episode? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's she she cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> well. Speaking of which, so we have Guinan, and of course, with Guinan, you have to have Q. Now, before we get to Q, um, Preston said something several podcasts ago where we discussed Star Trek. Borg, 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 Borg all the time. Borg here, Borg there. We got to bring in the Borg. Um, oh, did you did you see the previews? I mean, if you saw the previews for the season, I like I, I watched the pre like the the this season on on Picard, mm-hmm. and I was just like, they they essentially. Like we're in a focus room and they're like, okay, what do people like about Star Trek? And people are like, um, uh, Borg, yeah, yeah, okay, it's in. Okay, uh, Q, yeah, yeah, it's in. Picard, yes. Brent Spiner, um, we think um, like Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner, yeah. Uh, uh, time travel to 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 modern day. Yes, yes, it's in. Okay, all right. What else? Uh, re- people really like Star Trek Four. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do Star Trek Four. People really Whales. like First Contact. Yeah, let's do First Contact. Like, like, it's everything. Just throw it away. I fucking hate the. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I hate the episodes of Star Trek where they go back in the past. I really fucking (laughs) hate those episodes so much, which is why I'm most likely gonna wait until all the episodes are out and just binge the fuck out of it. I cannot stand the episodes where they go back in the past because I don't care. I want to know what's going on in the far fucking future. Not not three thousand years into the future like Discovery. No fuck that's too far. But far into the future where it's like what's what's going on here. By the way, this also kind of annoys me. Um, we have we have characters from TNG and Voyager. Great. Where's all the Deep Space Nine characters? Where's Where's Quark? Mm. Where's Where's um? We had a half a cameo reason. last season where we saw a sign for Quark's bar. That's the closest thing we've had to anything for Deep Space. That Nine. doesn't count. No. Well, I was gonna call him Drogo for some reason, but uh, where's Worf? Where's uh, Kira? Major Kira? Where's uh, fucking Bashir? Bashir is great. Where's Garrick, who was uh, set to uh, rebuild the Ga- the uh, Cardassian race at some point? I'd love to catch it. Catch where, where, where's Tom? Where's Tom Riker? Where the fuck where's is Tom, Tom Riker? Guy- where is Tom- he's in a Klingon prison somewhere, still waiting for his brother to get him the hell out? <sighs> God, <laughs> fucking Preston and Tom Riker. Holy shit! Preston loves Tom Riker. Brings him up every time. There is a book called Enzadi 2 that talks a little bit about it, but it's again, it's an uncanon book that talks about how they break him out of the prison and he ends up having a, an ongoing relationship with Deanna Troy. It's it's not a bad read, but it's uh it's it's of that era of Star Trek books, like when there was a Kirk one where he's resurrected by the Borg on the planet from generations. It was, it was yeah. of that age of Star Trek books. But there was a Bajoran on the bridge. Yes. Uh, 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 and there was a Trill. Um, and we saw so, out. I want Bashir. I want Worf. I want uh, I want Brian. <laughs> Brian, arguably the best uh, Starfleet officer in history. If you've seen the uh, uh, Lower Decks, um, there's now, an episode of Lower Decks. I was Deck trying to think say. about which episodes of time travel Star Trek I like. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I like Star Trek. Star 4, Trek Four is the best and one, I, probably. And I do like yesterday's Enterprise. That's a but little, I don't even know if that that doesn't counts. count. I, I, I'll argue with you that yeah. yesterday's Enterprise is more a alternate reality story rather than a t- 
a time travel story yeah. like that. I kind of like past tense from Deep Space Nine when not past tense, the one where they home front when they go to the planet and and everyone is afraid of Odo. It's like right when they yeah. think the shapeshifters are invading. Uh, but again, that's that's more of a modern day. That's not a back in time one. Right. Even even first contact, which is time travel, isn't much time travel because you're going to such a future time that's in the forest that it doesn't even feel like like time yeah. travel. When I think time travel, I think of I think of stuff where we're going back to our time um, and, and messing around with or stuff. Or like time. Like, or something similar. Time's Arrow from Next Generation, I think is what it's called, yeah. where they go back to the, the the West, where I really don't like. I tend to skip those episodes of Next Generation. Or what's the, what's the Deep Space Nine one about the internet? They go back. Oh. Um, <clears throat> it is... And th- I think I think that one might be past. It might be past tense. It might be past tense. Yeah. The only D Space Nine I remember uh, where they go back in time. It's it's not even a back in time thing. It's a vision that Cisco has where he's in like the 1940s. Far beyond and- the far beyond the stars. Great episode. Yeah. Yeah, and and like he's discriminated against. Which okay, but I still like I don't. Oh no, past stuff. Damn it! I hate this <laughs> past shit. I hate it. I just stay in the future. Fuck. Hate this shit. <laughs> you would hate Enterprise, man. You'd hate all Enterprise. of Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, you'd hate all of it. <laughs> no, Enterprise. Don't they go forward into the future, kinda, where it's almost alluded that the Klingons joined the Federation? I remember that like being a thing. Um, you know what I'm talking about? You have scenes of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah? yeah. Like, like I know well, there's the temporal Cold War, which you know is just all over the place. Yeah, I, I, I. I've seen a, a lot of clips of Enterprise on YouTube, and I love all the Shran stuff. I just like that actor who played. Um, wow, I'm forgetting the. Uh, I'm forgetting Clocks. the uh, Dominion. No, oh, no, 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 the I... the Dominion em- uh, ambassador guy. I forgot his. Oh, I'm Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs is his Jeffrey real Combs. Name. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love him. He's such as a him as the Andorian. Yeah, actually, in the bar, <clears throat> in uh, the ba- Guinan's bar, they used an old timey Andorian in the background instead of the new timey. Jeffrey Combs and Dorian, which, by the way, just just throwing that out there. And I love how she's <laughs> she, her bars at ten forward. Ha ha ha! Get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. So this episode, uh, you know, the the big mystery is that um, I guess one of the main mysteries for some reason is why Picard is too afraid to let people in. We get some flashbacks with his. Was that his mother? Yeah, that's that's a little yeah. bit of a recon, or or we just something we've never heard before. We've heard this story from Picard, but it was spun in a more positive way. Um, but there, I guess there was always sort of a hint that there was something more with him and his brother in the uh, family episode, where you seemed like maybe they had a tough um, upbringing or something. But they made it seem like his father was, you know, vi- vi- Rodney Dangerfield and natural born killers, like really, really evil dude. Yeah. Well, um, you you see, like his mom. It almost looks like she's being killed, or or something is like dragging her, like a monster or something. I'm assuming maybe this is uh, something have to do with Patrick Stewart because I don't know if you guys know this. I actually looked this up before we started. Uh, apparently, Patrick Stewart is still going to therapy to get over uh, his rough childhood where he had to watch his father beat his mom. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not. Oh, God, no, no, no I did not. You didn't know that? Okay, so uh, that I, I'm assuming he had some input on the plot there, um, so I, I guess... He is a producer on the well, show, so that would make sense <clears throat> if he wanted to add a little bit more depth to his character, and I think that's part of the reason why he wanted to series. This explains why he's acting better this season. Yeah. He cares. <laughs> 
True. No, I mean, now now it all comes together. I'm like, oh, this is now Patrick Stewart's story. Okay. He believes. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. So his mom, uh, whatever happened to his mother and whatever happened to his childhood, that's one of the mysteries. The other mystery is, what did the board want? Clearly, they brought him there. They want to negotiate with him specifically. And, of course, the board could, with their advanced technology, even... Years after they were first encountered by Starfleet, Starfleet is still behind it on technology, I guess, in regards to the Borg. How they're still there, I don't know. Wasn't Hasn't the Borg been dealt with multiple times and the Queen been destroyed <clears throat> multiple times? Yeah, Voyager sort of depowered the Borg to a certain extent. And then in first contact, they kind of got kicked in the gut. Uh, so this is an anom- the anomaly coming up, the big green anomaly with the apparent Borg Queen coming out. Uh, so... There was a race in Voyager, race number zero one two three five. I forget what they were called, but they were the they were like the Borg's kryptonite. And eight four eight four seven. Thank you, thank you. And they had a uh, so the Borg were in a lot of danger, and they did make some soft alliances with Janeway, but then Janeway kind of shoved it up their butt. So it's yeah, the Borg are this is sort of newness for the Borg. This is one of the parts that of the episode I didn't mind the whole Borg aspect, even though I agree with Preston. It's like it's like oh. Borg, 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 Borg. We need a Borg, 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 Borg. I'm still, I'm still. I'm sorry that I have a frog in my throat, but the um, now you've you've made me think. It made me think of the A four seven two episode because the A four seven two episode when it first came out, like fans were were creaming their pants, um, because you know the Borg are getting their butt kicked, and then they come to Voyager and they they pop Voyager, they pop Janeway aboard, you know the cube, and they're like. What are your demands? You know, because like, you know, this amazing negotiate, like all of a sudden the Borg are negotiating and it was like a huge thing. And then, you know, the episode turned out to to not be great and the Borg just went downhill from there. But I do remember like the hype of what are your demands? Like, you know, and and you're negotiating with the Borg. Oh, my God. You know, Um, so it did remind me of that, of of Voyager. Mm. But I was I was speaking for Seven of Nine in that scene, uh, or I was feeling like Seven of Nine, like what are we doing? And I know maybe that's going to be the whole point that they were they should have trusted the Borg Queen in that moment. But I, I was I was like Seven of Nine. If if I'm wrong, we just killed a Borg ship. If uh, if I'm <laughs> yeah, or if I or if I'm right, we just killed a Borg ship. If I'm wrong, uh, they could take over the whole Federation. We'll kill them now. Ask questions later. So I was laughing at that. It's. It's funny how much Seven of Nine's character has changed from Seven of Nine in in um, Voyager. She's more Kira. When you think She's of what... more Kira now than she is Seven of Nine, where she has this <clears throat> sort of undercurrent of a revenge for what they did to her. In, yeah. in Voyager, she was always, again, I said it as a joke earlier, but I mean it. She was a scientist. She was she was data-ish. She was uh, Spock-ish. She was that for the yeah. ship. And she on this, she's much more of an revenge action hero a little bit. That's that that that's kind of the big difference between um, TNG and and other and other shows versus Deep Space Nine is that it, with Deep Space Nine, Kira was second in command, but at no point would I ever want Kira in command. Never. While <laughs> why? Oh, because she was she was she had such a deep hatred for the Cardassians, and she was so hot headed mm. that she would get she would get people especially killed. young Kira. And so, it, yeah, especially young Kira. She she did get better as she she went on, but um, at at no at, at, in every moment you're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness, thank goodness, like uh, uh, Cisco is captain. Well, with anything else, it's not like Chakotay 
was was any different from Janeway. It's not like it's not like Riker was any different from Picard. They were all really smart. Um, and, and so you wouldn't mind the first officer like being in charge. They, but Deep Space Nine was the first time where the first officer was so flawed, where I'm just like, she is not ready for command. She will kill people and start a they war. They wanted you to think that about uh, Riker, but it wasn't true. They wanted you to be like, Riker yeah. is on the edge. He's playing He's playing the trombone and he's he's wacky, but he wasn't. He was... He hits, he hits on women. He, he sits in chairs weird. Yes. <laughs> the back sits. <laughs> the back set. But yeah, at <clears throat> they like everyone was so rational on most on most Star Trek shows, but the fact that the fact that Kira was so hot headed. Um and granted they needed her to be the um exposition for Bajor because she was the Bajoran character, and so she would she would you know, they kinda had to force that into her because anything that didn't deal with Cardassia and Bajor, like she was fine. I don't want to turn this but, into a Deep know. Space Nine thing, but it's interesting to me that it's interesting <laughs> to me that they originally were to cast or they were looking to cast Ensign Rowe in that part, and the Kara character was kind of created from the ground up based on the bones of Rowe. And Kara definitely yeah. created a very or Nana Visitor uh, created a completely unique character from from Roe Laren, but the initial blueprints of the series would have it was supposed to be Roe, which could could make sense and but I don't think it would have worked quite as well. I'm 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 glad uh uh she decided not to do the series. Yeah, and you know, so Seven of Nine has like taken on that role of being the the loose cannon. Yep. Um well well everybody else it's you know it's like it's like here where we think our captain is a loose cannon he he like smokes a cigar and had his own ship and you're like no no you're completely you're completely boring and rational <laughs> like seven of nine is the irrational character in the room well like i said I, you know clearly the borg have the technology to just like pile drive right through the federation ships but for some reason they're requesting help or a negotiation for help and they need power at, at this point, I was thinking, wow, that kind of sucks that, uh, uh, cause when the Borg starts doing whatever they're doing and all the screens on the ship just start flickering, at one point I'm like, wow, that really sucks to have a, a ship that's all, all the controls are hologram instead of like, you know, button pressing like there was in the old days. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> really yeah. And was made with Borg, te- Borg technology. I know I'm going to reference a really stupid movie, but it kind of reminded me of the scene in Howard the Duck when uh, the guy like is like, I need power. And he plugs into the uh, the car lighter to charge up. Two people in the world will get that reference. But it'll be. Oh, I, oh, I, I remember that. I, it's, I mean, it's the um, isn't it? the It's it's the guy from. Ferris yeah. Edward Bueller. R. Rooney, Dean of Students there. Yeah. Phil knows yeah. this guy, just people. Jesus Christ, Phil! <laughs> you know your movie characters. <laughs> oh, he, it's it's really sad because there was there was a uh, reunion for Ferris Bueller, uh, like during the pandemic, and he wasn't invited. No, no, because he's a sketch. Why? He's, he's a sketchball. We don't we don't need to go down that road too too much. We don't need to go down that road. <laughs> but oh, uh, do, we'll do some research after the show on uh, on the guy from Ferris Bueller, and uh, I'll send you some links. Please do. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, uh, Picard trying to keep the Borg from taking over the ship initiates the self-destruct, and it works, kinda. He initiates it, everything blows up, but then he finds himself back in the uh, the place from his memories, from his dream. And there we see the main guy, Q himself, and I love that they did a deep fake of Q as a young guy, and then he does the thing, and he... 
you know, becomes older to be on even terms with Picard. I love that. I was waiting for that. I knew they were going to do it, and they fucking did it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Hopefully, they got the guy that Lucasfilm hired to do deepfakes, because... Oh, so good. So good. I love it. I love it. But, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, I like that scene too. It was rem reminiscent of Nexusy in a way. Yesterday's Enterprise in that moment where everything just blew up. Um, there's also another episode where, uh, they, they keep, where Data, I think, keep rem keeps remembering things and, uh, the ship eventually blows up. It kind of had that kind of, uh, peak end yeah. of a next generation episode feel of everything building together. Uh, Preston said at the beginning, two halves of the episode, the second half felt way more, like a show I wanted to be watching and everything kept picking up pace and was intense. And I agree, Carmine, I almost wish we were in the era of television where we didn't know everything before we see it. Cause if that reveal of Q was out of nowhere, out of all of that, and I didn't know John Delancey was in this and he just shows up right there in that moment, that would have, I, I would have jumped out of my seat, giggled like, ah, my goodness, it's Q. And I agree. I really like the deep fake too. It, it was, I was at first, I'm like, oh, they do this effect. And then, and, and then it made sense. It, it was a good way of doing that and just yada yadding an immortal, amazing character. Um, and I also uh, like how oh, we'll talk about that later in the episode. But there was a reference of of characters like that that can pierce through space time and how alliances work with characters like that. <clears throat> and I thought I thought that was a little bit of a reference to the wormhole aliens from Deep Space Nine. Uh, if we're talking about slight Deep Space Nine references. Sorry, I took... Oh, yeah. In fact, in fact, everything, because there was such a, a tonal shift in the in the first and second half of the episode, it almost felt like the second half of the episode was already in dream sequence because it was so fast-paced. Like, he, he leaves Earth and he's immediately at the anomaly, you yeah. know? And, and, and how the camera was jumping around and, and, and everything, it, it all felt surreal, um, versus the first half of the episode where you're, we're catch, catching up with everybody. So I don't know if that was intentional. Like, you know, this maybe this stuff didn't happen. Maybe the Borg didn't arrive at this anomaly or not. But, um, you, you know, I, it already felt a little, uh, I don't know, through the looking glass yeah. already um, before the ship is blown up and sent back in time or whatever. Well, my my whole um, my whole relationship, I guess you could call it, with with the next generation is I haven't seen all of the episodes. Like I, I haven't binged it. Like I did deep space nine with deep space nine. I saw everything from start to finish with TNG. I've seen, um, I've actually, I've actually gone and watched red letter media's uh, videos of what, what their favorite TNG yep. episodes were. I watched mm, those. Great I've episode. gone on the internet and have seen several episodes that people would say are their favorites. So I haven't seen everything. I've seen bits and pieces. And of course I've seen the first and the last episodes of TNG. And I have to say those were, that was closure for, for the character of Q in Picard's life. I don't think we needed Q ever again though i know that's blasphemy to a lot of uh, mm. trek fans considering the way they used him at considering the way they used him afterwards in ds9 and voyager uh, i like the first first appearance in voyager i i think that should have been the last time mm. we saw q till right now in this moment uh so I, I agree with you i think that was the perfect closure and as for not seeing all of next generation i don't think i think the way it's structured you don't necessarily have to as long as you see those important episodes season premieres season finales multi-part episodes like the klingon multi-parts um and for for the basis of picard i would go back and just watch every q episode especially tapestry i think 
I, I've smelled a lot of tapestry over this episode. Um, yeah. Oh, big time with, uh, with the what if and the Mr. Destiny uh, kind of thing going on. Because the last couple of times we saw Q, especially in the final episode in Tapestry, he wasn't, how do I say this without sounding like an idiot? He wasn't not helping Picard. He was actually helping him. So is he helping him here again um, in trying to get him in? Was that the vibe that he's coming back and he's reopening the storyline? Because I agree, Carmine, it ended at such a perfect point with him in Picard. Uh, it There has to be a reason. And and I don't think Q is doing this out of malice. And I, I don't want to get into predictions too early, but that's not Q's style. And it's not where we left off with him. There would be no reason for it. It does very much feel like Tapestry, especially I mean, Tapestry is, is this TNG episode where where Picard remembers um, being in Starfleet Academy and he gets stabbed in the heart and and he he kind of regrets dumb being so risky. Human, dumb jock human. Yeah. And so he uh, <laughs> he so Q kind of says, OK, this is your life if you weren't such a risk taker. And his his life is is like, you know pretty pathetic but he he does end up you know sleeping with his his friend from school or whatever um and so i do see a bit of a bit of that because there's regrets with love and there's regrets with life and all of these different things going on with tapestry so i i I almost feel like they must be taking that episode and and building the season to that i was thinking Um, the same thing well, didn't but I he also, have a romantic relationship with um, the doctor? What's her name? Uh, Beverly? Uh, Beverly Crusher. And in the final episode, he did marry her in an alternate timeline. I would love to see Gates show up. And he also had a relationship. He's had several relationships that were, Guinan was right. They were based around quick, quick relationships that weren't going to last. He had a relationship with a smuggler, yeah. a, a thief, some some woman on the ship that he quickly uh, broke up with her and then had her transferred off the ship that he used, he jammed some music with. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, what was her name? Vosh? What Va- was her? Yeah, um, Vosh. With the, the fran- she was on the frangate. She was in a couple of episodes. She was the only multi-part uh, Picard woman. Yeah. And then Michelle Phillips played a character at some point on the show as well as his uh, love interest in an early season episode. And I guess he had a somewhat rom- romantic love interest with the in- insurrection, right? Yes, with the and and sort of like they, I, I want to say they were hinting at it a little bit in first contact, but insurrection full on, where he was, yeah, with the alien race that live forever and regenerate, and he's like, I'm gonna come back here every every shore leave, and we never see, and we never see her, never see him again. Yeah, well, he <laughs> he does always have an excuse, right? And so it, you're. you're I mean, they they aren't they aren't incorrect in saying that he always is finding a reason to be to be single and and push people away, you know. So they're they're not incorrect about that. But, but Carmine, to answer your question, I think I don't know. It it seems like it did end at a perfect time with Q and and Picard, and I hope this series justifies his return and. And doesn't mm-hmm. do what last season did, where it built up a lot of things that I was hopeful and curious about, and didn't pay it off. And I, I, I just want to see that they brought him back for a good, interesting reason that actually uh, is that pays off. That's all, that's all I want. One of these new Star Trek series to pay off, and not just build up stuff that they never finish off. Now, Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there still a plot line with the Q continuum that's somewhat unresolved about the Q continuum dying off and then them having children. Yes. And yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, 
I, I do wonder if they're going to touch on the Voyager plot of, I mean, of they, what's going on with the Q continuum. They do have seven of nine there, so they could easily just bring in Voyager stuff. But my only concern with that is then the writers would probably have to watch Voyager. And I'm not sure if they've, if they've watched <laughs> all of Star Trek sometimes with the way that they're writing seven. But, uh, but I could see them kind of go to that a little bit, especially if they want to complete off the full-on Borg storyline, which it seems like they're going in that direction. And I wonder if we'll get some references to First Contact uh, because of the last interaction Picard had with the Queen. In, well, in are the situation. movies considered canon? The Next Generation movies are. In fact, in the last one, the one with uh, with Venom and Tom Hardy in it, uh, playing young Picard, uh, Janeway is in it as an admiral when so it shows that voyager has returned in that timeline so that the next generation movies are canon the jj movies are canon in a weird way where uh, the kelvin timeline the kelvin timeline where it's Jordy that helped spock work on the ship that traveled through time to start the whole kelvin timeline uh Mm -hmm. it was was dictated in a star trek comic that was leading into star trek uh the the first jj star trek so all Mm -hmm. of this is connected in some weird warped way uh, do me a favor. Explain to me, because once again, I haven't really seen Voyager much. I, I just I'm aware of the joke about all the. I, t- I told this to Preston last time we discussed anything Trek. I'm aware of the joke regarding all the captains and uh, their best qualities. Uh, Kirk will meet a new alien species and fight it. Um, uh, Archer will meet a new alien species and lose to it in the fight. Uh, Cisco will <laughs> stare down the enemy. Picard will give such a rousing speech that the enemy gives up, and Janeway will encounter an enemy, get her entire crew destroyed, and her ship destroyed, and then somehow go back in time and fix the whole thing and everybody forgets. Like, I don't know anything Voyager besides that, Seven of Nine, and Borg stuff. So, what, what, what's, what's up with the Q continuum? Um, they're dying off, and they have to have kids? Yeah, well, in, in Voyager, they have an episode in which uh, the Q continuum have, has decided that a Q wants to die. A, not not Delancey, but a Q, a Q wants to die, and because they've done everything, they've they've lived for so long and they've seen everything and they've had such omnipotent power that they're just bored with it, and so they um they resolve the episode by deciding to procreate and they have a new Q, and then I think the new Q comes back in the next in a in a sequel episode. Um, and you know, there's like a father son relationship. Um, uh, and I, and I forget like what the conflict was in the Q2 episode. Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those Voyager episodes kind of blend. I know there was something with, with Delancey, with, uh, RQ trying to connect with Janeway and have a baby with her at some point too. There, there was like, yeah, there was a whole bunch of weird stuff going on with Q. They, they really Voyager, God bless its soul, had had some good episodes and had some good arcs, but I feel like it got a little, they ran out of ideas because they were doing it very much in the next generation style and doing multi-parters while having a a soft ongoing storyline. But for the most part, uh, Voyager, you can kind of watch episodically as well or or in like mini arcs at times. So they, they definitely were trying to keep going. I feel bad that I've forgotten the plot of Q2 because I knew I knew the actor that played um, uh, Q2. Um, was it uh, uh, John Delancey's son? Yeah, I knew him about ten years ago when I lived in Jordan. But, wait, 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 wait. Um, oh, you you actually knew him? Like when you when I said you knew yeah, him, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought you meant like you knew the actor's name. You actually knew the guy. No, yeah, I knew him. Oh, nice. uh, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't kept touch with him, but but he uh, but 
he um I knew him uh, ten years ago. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I need to the guy the the Q guy that wants to die in Q two. Uh no 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 the the so after they after they um to revitalize the Q continuum they decide to have a child. And then the child appears in a follow-up episode, and it's played by John Delancey's son, right. Keegan. You know Keegan? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to him. In, I haven't talked to him in ten years, but yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a minute. You know, you know the, the wow. how? How this fucking guy? This th- Phil? Did he tell you that he knows the woman at the center of like one of the largest Bitcoin scandals in history? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew Heather Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, I, whatever. Preston he, just finds himself in like in historical situations, just wandering through. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, 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 uh, I'm Forrest Gump. Yeah, I just like stumble <laughs> through history. Uh, so Keegan DeLance, uh, who you, and you met him where? Uh he was doing a Fulbright scholar. He was doing a Fulbright program in in Jordan at the time. So, um, and I was I was I was living there. Wait a minute, hold on. He has a brother. So you met him or the brother? No, uh, Keegan. He went. Oh, here it is on his Wikipedia page. He has a brother, Owen Delance, born blah blah. blah. Uh, Keegan went to Amman, Jordan, on a Fulbright scholarship to study mm-hmm. Iraqi refugees. He worked for the International mm-hmm. Organization for Migration and helped Iraqi Christians move to Iraq's Kurdish region to avoid violence against them. He became a member of the U.S. For- Foreign Service. Jesus Christ! What oh, there's the a fuck? there's a footnote here. It would often have lunch with Preston Jacobs. Oh shit! I, <laughs> I wouldn't say often. No, I, <laughs> I can't. Did you guys discuss Star Trek? No, I never did. I never discussed it with him because I figured he was he was. That's a that's a good move. When you're in situations it, so. like that, you have to yeah. avoid. The, you can't just like go and bring up Star Trek. If you hang out with them all the time, eventually yeah. that can come up. But you can't lead with the Star Trek there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were just acquaintances, you know. And so, like, you know, we we, we would be at parties. We talk about Jordan and 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 Jordanian stuff, Jordanian politics, Jordanian like politics. No, you got to talk about that time he was on Voyager. Well, come on. Oh, but I mean, the, the Jordanian politics might be more interesting. What's it like? Oh, Jesus. What's it like to have Q, an op- omnipotent father like Q? What is that like? Yeah, yeah. Do you, you know how? How do you think that would have gone over? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know? But this episode, uh, it, it was okay. The first half was was whatever. The second half was slightly better, but. I don't I, like I said. I, I agree with Phil. Uh, I, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot by announcing that Q was going to be in this episode or in this season specifically. Because even during last season, we always speculated: Is Q showing up? Is Guinan showing up? What's happening? And it never happened. And they should have kept that going. Um, I would have liked to have been surprised. I love that they do this on Mandalorian, because on Mandalorian, nobody expected Luke to show up, Ahsoka to show up, all of that was kept under wraps, for the most part, and the entire audience was caught off guard, and, you know, a nice surprise was given to us, finally. Here, it was kind of ruined by the announcement, like, on the offset, months before the season even premiered. I, I just, it kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad that, that that was ruined. Um, how did you guys feel about all of the plot lines that they established in season one? They 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 didn't retcon and and undo them, but they fast forwarded <laughs> through all of them so that they didn't have to deal with them. Preston, anymore. my favorite my right? favorite one was what they did with Soji. They're like, here's Soji. Bye. Let's get a, let's get away from her as quickly <laughs> as possible. Yeah. 
I mean, like, like, wait, didn't you have your whole planet yeah, thing yeah, to deal yeah, with yeah. and your whole people? And they're just like, no, no, they were accepted into the Federation. She's on the college and, tour. And they, she's doing speeches at colleges. Don't worry. No, she's fine. She's off doing something. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you set up this, like, mysterious relationship between Seven of Nine and, and Raffi. Yeah, they did it. It's done. Like, what? They set up this relationship between Chris and Agnes. Yeah, they did it. It's done. Like, like they fast forwarded through all of it. <laughs> like, the, the incident with the Talchiar or the the Jat Vash that's that's not coming up anymore. Nope. Um, it should it should kind of be a big deal that uh, Elnor is the first Romulan ever accepted into Starfleet. Which is that? I th- I think he had to say fully Romulan just to like oh. cover his bases because <laughs> they're like, wait, do we have a previous episode where maybe a half Romulan? Well, I I don't know. Let's say fully. Yeah, let's Romulan. make sure. Let's make sure. Let's cover it because we don't really have good lore people working it working on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah I, I agree they they kind of just tried to sweep as much of season one stuff and just get into the season two plot as quickly as possible and i also not to reiterate my own point but th- when you have an episode that's cliffhanger a big climactic moment at the end is introducing the character of q in a way that seems like we shouldn't know that Q's about to show up and it ends right at the point where you're like, okay, this is going to get interesting in, in half of a conversation. I feel like that's sort of television blue balls right there. And cause they, cause they let us up. They told us too much of it. And, and I agree with you, Carmine. It was, it was okay. It was, it was better than, it was better than the end half of last season. But it was, mm. but again, it's fool me once because I kind of liked the first couple of episodes of last season too. And I got into it early and I was drinking the Kool-Aid and I was believing that they were going to lead into a lot of things. So right now I'm still going to, I enjoyed it, but I'm going to watch it with a very skeptical eye until they really win me, win me over. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bitter and jaded from the end of last season turning into an episode of Discovery at the end and everything goes bang, 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 bang. It just it was too much. Yeah, I mean, last season was so dreadful, but you're, you're right that they'd roped me in. There's like, I'm like, oh my God, this is going someplace. This is going someplace. No, it's not. No, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, well, it's... well, last season was just, the entirety of, of last season was, if you ever played the game Mass Effect, yeah. um, oh, yep. it's kind of what it what it was though i will say though they did have a really cool brilliant chance of connecting picard with discovery and having uh control be the villain that was like the tentacle robot thing yep. coming through the portal that could have been control uh the board could be running from control that, so ooh, that would be an, that would board... be an interesting way of connecting the two storylines that would be kind of cool but I don't know if they're going for that kind of work. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that they're going for, but we'll we'll see. That would be that would be really interesting, though. If anything, the only I was telling this to Preston a while ago. The only thing that I'm really uh, interested in, in Star Trek coming from you know this new era, besides Lower Decks, which is great. I love Lower fun, Decks. Fun show. Um, it's a very fun show. The only thing I'm, I'm interested in is uh, Strange New Worlds with uh, Captain Pike. Yeah. He was the he was the shining point for me in season was season two of Voyager that he was a big part of. So I'm looking forward to that show because it seems like it might be more trekky. Wait, what, Captain Pike was in season two of Voyager? Oh, not Voyager. Discovery? I'm sorry, Discovery. I, I right. That would have been awesome though. He he was he wasn't a couple of episodes of South Park though. They they they, they, they made a was. teacher. They made a teacher like him. Uh, but but yeah, I I, I think it's. It's, it seems like it could be a decent season, but I don't want to be fooled again. <laughs> well, uh, Red Letter Media said it best, and I hate to bring them into it, but but 
they're the Trek guys, um, and yeah. they made a good point with Star Wars, and it kind of rings true here. It seems like Star Trek, unfortunately, because Discovery is trying to do new things, but I just don't, I, I don't know, I just don't like the look of like the Alex Kurtzman, J.J. Abrams style of Trek. I don't know, but the Red Letter Media guys said it best with Star Wars. Star Wars is somewhat creatively bankrupt. It's just the same shit every new iteration. Here, I, I feel like that's kind of what they're doing again, is just, yeah. you know, a, a Borg... Uh, seven of nine, uh, uh, data, uh, what else? Uh, but they're, they're at least, they're at least trying to connect it to the human element. Like at least there's this deep, there's at least an attempt at the deep dive into Patrick Stewart's psyche that, that makes it much more interesting than, than Star Wars will ever be. Yeah. Uh, because there's, there's not those, there's not that human, there's not examine that examination of the human spirit, um, in Star Wars. Now, granted, they tried to do it last season too, and inventing this weird PTSD regret and and you know about losing data, despite the fact that Picard has lost so many people over the course of his life. Isn't Jordy? Yeah, um, isn't Jordy Data's best friend? I mean, come on. yeah, I know, like his <laughs> best, right? Stuff like that. Now, now, granted, I I think because this relates to Patrick Stewart's real life, it's going to be better. Yeah. Um, I I am a little optimistic about that. Uh, I just hope they don't they don't screw it up. Um, which they probably will. And I also, just to be a little bit more, I guess, the po- on the positive end too, I think uh, all that said with Patrick Stewart maybe being more invested in the storyline, the human situation, they also, generally speaking, and this is no offense to the actors playing the parts, but Carmine said this earlier, and I forgot to say I 100% agree. I could give, I give so, I give, I don't care at all about any of these new characters. I don't. I'm not invested in them as people. I'm not invested in kind of Raffi maybe a little bit just because the actress is charming playing it. But yeah. Uh, but other than that, there's nothing really going on with any connection. Especially Agnes. I can't stand that character. No, I, I think everybody hates Agnes. But I, I think <laughs> this episode made me connect with Laris, which yes. makes me which makes me sad that she's probably not going to be in the season. No, same with like last <laughs> season. Those, those were two of the more interesting. characters. Characters. But at least in this season, you have John Delancey who's going to try and bring that human element into it too. And I also hope this isn't the only part we saw saw of Whoop- Whoopi as well, because what I was so excited about going into this season and my little Star Trek geek thing was I wanted to get more more uh, Guinan Q lore. Why was Guinan yeah. blocking Q's zaps with her hands? Does her race have some sort of uh, ability to block Q? And uh, also Mal- Malcolm McDowell in Generations was the same uh, the same uh, race as uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, the Watchers or whatever. They, they had a name re- reference today, but I forget what they're called. Uh, I think everybody likes, likes Legolas. I mean, he, he means Elnor. Yeah, yeah, he's because he's entertaining. It's it's bang bang action. It's funny that you said Legolas and you said you 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 said that was the first time I remember his name because I just think about him as Romulan Samurai Number One. <laughs> yeah. Now at least but I have another the... name for him. I can call him Legolas now. Thank you, Preston. <laughs> yes. Well, before we wrap this up, um, they went back to 2024 and something tells me they're probably going to do something like cringy and and political, uh, some political messaging about the times we live in now, which 
it's it's honestly I'm sorry, but I hate to be one of those people. But it's it's really not the reason I watch Star Trek. I I, I want to see the 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 future that Gene Roddenberry envisioned, and I'm I'm not here for a political hot take from Alex Kurtzman and the writing team. I'm really not. I mean, you, you you've got to you've got to. It, it's amazing to me though when people say like, oh. Uh, I hate the politics of it. It's like Star Trek is a world of communism. Everyone's a communist. Like they've reached Press communist it. utopia. And and it's like it's like George R. Martin. Like he's 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 oh, pretty George much literally a communist. Like super <laughs> super super left wing. Like, um, and so when people are complaining about it, it's like you know that's that's just what it is. Like if you want to watch if you want to watch right wing stuff, there's plenty of right wing stuff out there. Like, nah, go not for really. It, you know? <laughs> I mean, you can, you watch Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine was a huge like political thing for the wars and in war commentary and everything like that. Star Trek's always kind of been used like that. In Carmine, the truth of the matter is, whether it's in there or not, people are going to complain and say it's there. <laughs> so, that, 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 so that's, and that's the point I was trying to make is that like what I what I don't <laughs> understand is well, grifters are going to grift. They're always going to bitch and complain. But how can you bitch yeah. and complain about this stuff being political? Everything we've ever liked since the history of time, like Star Wars, the Beatles, like everything we've Star Trek, everything we've always ever liked has always been political. You were just too you young say to you notice. You want it. a revolution? Yeah, sorry, you see exactly. Yeah. Like everything we've ever liked has always been political. You're just now noticing it because the the political messages being conveyed don't align with your own personal politics anymore. Because like, politics and that that sort of thing is the grunge music of the time, or the hip thing is to have like uh, everyone arguing and butting heads in this way and pointing it out. This is political. This is woke. This is that. This is whatever. When it's it's always there. People always have agenda in their art. It's been there since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to work on critical thinking mm -hmm. in ourselves to be able to watch art and pick and enjoy it for good or for bad regardless of those things and take, yeah. take those things for what they are as as messages lessons feelings that the creator has but it has nothing to do with your enjoyment on said said thing it's is it done well or is it done poorly that's how i judge things you know he heaven he is something heavy-handed or does it actually work every episode of south park is political in some way i still think it's funny as hell yeah even if i don't agree <clears throat> with what matt and trey are saying in that particular episode I mean, there's an there's an old episode of Trek where they go to a planet where one half of the planet, the people's faces are, are half white, half black. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of the planet, they're also half white, and half black, but it's reversed and they <laughs> hate each other and they have a race war. And and yep. and everybody's like and you're and they're sitting there going, how is it possible that these people are at war over something so ridiculous as skin color? Why, why, like it was so heavy-handed like and that's star trek like that was the original star trek very famous episode very heavy-handed i i would not say it's a well well-written episode but star trek has always been doing this from from the beginning of time from the beginning of its of its creation um and you know heavy-handed politics has always been star trek yeah, it's in the mission statement um, yeah it's in the mission statement now i see i, I i'm back on this like like so the anti-woke anti-sjw people like because i've been seeing a lot more of the lord of the rings stuff and they're so they've come out of the woodwork about lord of the rings even though we know nothing about lord of the rings that mm -hmm. i'm now like i'm just aware of it and kind of pissed off about it it's like look the show might suck it might have bad writing but it has nothing to do with the fact that there's a black dwarf who cares is the show good or is the show bad is it going to be produced well is all the money that they put into it going to be a waste are the people that worked on early game of thrones going to be working on the show and give us a good program or not 
That's all I care about. Shut up about that other stuff. No one cares. You know, good. Right. Get, give whoever's the best actor. Having gone to acting school, the best directors teach you. Whoever's the best actor gets the parts. Who cares what all those other things are, are intangible bullshit. You know? Yeah. And just, you know, you know that like if it goes wrong, they'll they'll be like, oh, well, the reason it was wrong is because it was trying to be woke. And you're like, no, no. It, like you, you you think if it's a if it's like all white men going around doing doing right wing stuff, like it's going to be good entertainment. Like th those things exist. They're they're not fantastic. Every know? song Bob Dylan ever wrote was woke. And I'm pretty sure most people think of him as a good songwriter. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? You know, when it really comes down to is it. The, is the art is good, good or is it good? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you want to be influenced or you want to see something that pushes yeah. you in a particular direction and it, then read some essays, do some stuff like that, some some political essays some, uh, or whatever, like study some deeper thoughts. Uh, art is for art's sake by its very definition in some ways. I yeah. think it's for distractions and for... Uh, I mean, Watchmen, Watchmen was probably the most woke thing I've ever seen. And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great show. Phil, have you you seen the show, yeah? Oh yeah, great, great show. Great show. I mean, it's so hyper woke and it's it's really fucking great too. I, I just don't think like if you have good writing and you have good characters and you have good story, like it's it's gonna it's gonna show. Yep. So that's the one thing about like that's one of the things I was gonna say about The Witcher. Like if the Witcher sucks, it's not because, you know, there's a black elf, it's because the writers suck. Um that being said, uh what do you guys before I wrap this up, what do you guys want? What is your wish list for Picard season two? My wish list is let this be the last season, which it's not going to be. Um, <laughs> no. let, let, let Sir Patrick Stewart rest for the love of God. But that's my wish list. I'm already not going to get it. But uh, Phil, what, what would you like for this season to succeed? Okay, for it to succeed, I think you just need to have each individual episode be clever and interesting and have a storyline that carries through and some big payoff. Just the basic things. I don't want them, they don't need to try anything. No heavy handed steps here. Just, and I don't mean in the message, I just mean in the way that they try the storytelling. I think if you could just deliver us a good base sci fi story, learn from. I mentioned the Orville earlier, but sometimes some of the best stories are simple stories within a Star Trek thing. Uh, but my dream scenario for this season would be to have Beverly Crusher show up, Jordy show up, uh, Worf to show up, that all these people from Picard season one die in episode three, and then Picard's reunited <laughs> with his old crew that needs to solve this mystery, and the rest of the season is a next generation season, because, I, because I'm curious of all of those characters, and I think... Uh, the, it would be interesting to, and I enjoyed when Riker showed up last season, like when they were cooking pizzas and stuff. I I enjoyed the pizza party episode last season. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's my dream. And then, but realistically, I just want to see this storyline pay off as least as well as Discovery season two did with the Red Angel thing. Like at least that carried you through a little bit and and helped. And I was interested from week to week through some of the trash that was going on. Uh, so, so yeah. That, that's what I want for the story to actually make sense. I mean, I think we've, I mean, for me, I don't care so much about the cameos. Like, I, we already know that the Borg, the original Borg Queen is showing up and we've already seen Q and Whoopi and things like that. I guess I'm really wanting consistency. Like, I want all, and I mean consistency between, like, across the season. Like, I want mm. that, I, I, like, last season one, was was so disjointed and I, it's like we were watching a completely different show at the end you know p 
people just disappearing, like what happened to all the people on the Borg cube and, and stuff like that, like motivations completely changing. Um, I just want consistency, a story that makes sense from beginning to end. Um, I don't even care if it's that connected to the previous Trek. I just want something that from episode one to episode 10 or whatever for it to be a cohesive story. Like that's, it's a very low fucking I know, bar. I was just going to say that. Isn't it funny that both of us basically said, we just wanted to, you know, make sense from beginning to end. That's like our biggest wish. That shouldn't be a wish. This isn't Westworld we're watching here. This is Star Trek. Can it make sense a little bit? Westworld, that's, a, that's, a, that's another one. Okay, icing, icing, uh, icing on the cake. I would like you know, because because we are bringing back the board queen, we are bringing back Q. I icing on the cake. If you can, if you can make the original appearance of the Borg and first contact and Q and the Q continuum from Voyager and all of that all fit together into a story that makes sense, that would be my icing on the cake. I don't think that'll happen. No. I don't think they're going to be doing that. No, they they don't they don't have they don't have the power. By the way, I, like like I said, I, I, I'm just I'm probably impressed. I don't know is, about you. I'm, I'm probably just gonna wait for all the episodes that come out and just binge it. And be, I'm assuming we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, because we still don't know why Q would want to warn Picard about the Borg. You know, like what's what what's how is it in the continuum's best interest and things like that. There's lots of mysteries that you could explore um, to try to connect the original. I think it's Q who is the is the original mm-hmm. Borg episode. Um, where he snaps and connect. brings them back, but will they yeah. do? Will they do that, Preston, or will this end up just being a big bang, 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 bang thing at the end again? Do you think? Do you think they're actually going to do one or any of those things that you mentioned that would be awesome? There, <laughs> I, I think, I think you're going. I think, okay, what I think will happen, probability wise, based on like what I hear of Star Trek Discovery and what part Picard season one was, is you're going to have a bunch of episodes that. Um, throw in some cameos, <clears throat> use use a lot of the tropes from Star Trek, like time travel, and then it'll feel disjointed, but it'll feel like it's going someplace. And then at the end, there's going to be a big rumble fight where everybody from the previous episodes shows up again, and they're going to big do a big rumble fight, and it's not <laughs> going to really make sense. And then that'll be the end. Yep. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. Now, <laughs> like I hope that doesn't happen. But I think that's going to happen. There's going to be some CGI rumble fight in space that where I'm like, what's going on? Car- I- Carmine, can we can we use the time travel machine to go uh, ten weeks in the future? And it happened. It definitely happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to go back in time now again. But we're back. To the Poor show. Patrick Stewart. Like he really, his last hurrah really should have been like you know John Luke Picard and, and TNG. That really no, should have been like. It, it, his last hurrah. It should have been Logan. His last performance. He should have retired from acting after Logan. I thought that was a great final performance from him. And it worked his sort of his him getting older worked in that particular role. Uh, but mm. it's definitely showing a lot more. And, and it definitely shows again. I don't want to keep mentioning the theme, but the opening theme where you get the picture of Patrick Stewart coming up at the end, just standing at the camera like you're in a 1970s soap opera where he's just sitting there like, hi. It's it's the Patrick Stewart. Show. All, all, whenever I look at Patrick Stewart, all I think is, man, if I were a hot Romulan woman, I would just <laughs> fuck his brains out. That's all I think about. <laughs> we should kill it. 
It's like she's the hottest. She's the hottest Romulan we've seen, right? She, like Romulans usually have bad haircuts and frumpy yeah, outfits. And unless other you're into she's, other Tasha Yar, uh, he, she's probably the hottest Romulan. So they. So basically, again, I, I feel like we started here. We need to end here again just to reiterate, <laughs> reiterate the fu- fact that they killed we, off her we, husband in mid-season off camera <laughs> just so they could give Patrick Stewart a completely unbelievable love interest in this season. <laughs> yes, so now we've brought it full circle and we have closure. <laughs> but, but they something won't. Picard will never have. No, it will happen again between seasons. She'll move back in and they'll say, between seasons, I had another husband and I lost him too. It's the third lover that really counts. You, you know what this is? You know how this kind of is all full circle with life is, you know how there's a few things that you watched when you were super, super young where you don't remember the first time you ever saw it. So for me, for instance, Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I don't remember the first time I ever saw those movies. So the unfolding of the narrative is was never an experience for me. I always kind of just knew all of the events at once um, because and, and that's the way entertainment is going now. Like we're finding yeah. out all the events before we see the narrative unfold. It's so a like perpetual my life, arrested development. It's everyone wanting to feel yeah. like that child and feel like they know everything. My life is my life is coming full circle with 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 entertainment. Yeah, I'll never experience I'll never experience a narrative unfold in front of me ever again. And I feel like this is kind of ga- I feel like this is kind of Game of Thrones' fault too. I feel like I think this all yeah. started with Game of Thrones. With people, I mean, spoilers existed. People were in in the bushes taking pictures, but I feel like it really came to uh, the the forefront of uh, people turning into detectives, even more so of hunting out spoilers with the uh, with the, the the era of Game of Thrones being in the mainstream, and then it's just gotten worse since then. There was a guy who used, who used the drone to film like the season six Young Ned Stark fight with Arthur Dane. I, re- I remember watching that shit. I'm like, holy fuck, is this what I think it is? The Tower of Joy? Oh my god! And uh, no, you're you're kind of right. Because uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, like it was almost every day of that. Like when we would talk a lot during that period, Carmine. It was every day. It was like another. Oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to open this. You're like, oh, I heard this is spoiler here. Let's not let's not go anywhere near the free folk. I'm not going anywhere near that sub. Oh, season eight was fucking horrible because like we were like you were there with us. Like we were doing the, the pregame show for before the episode came out, and like assholes in the comment section would be like there trying to spoil shit. Like Brand died in episode three. Yeah. yeah, like. I mean, it could, I mean, but this is even worse because they're just giving it to it, uh, giving it to us. Like I talk about, like Terminator Two. I know one guy, one person who went into Terminator Two, um, having not seen the trailer, who was completely fooled by the fact that Arnold was the hero instead uh. of the villain, because <clears throat> the movie is structured that way. They they structure this whole first third of the movie like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the villain and then it's revealed in this big reveal that he's the hero and you're like oh my god except it was in the trailer and everyone knew that start that Schwarzenegger was the hero going in for most of the world and you're like how did you ruin you ruin like you so ruined the art at that point um and so, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we all knew that Q was going to be here. And so we didn't, we didn't, cre- you know, cream our pants like we should have. No, I mean, in, in a very well depicted scene, and it was a good way of ending. But then I, I just think the element of surprise in art, especially TV and movies and in like the, the visual art is so important. And 
you should want, I used to want to hide from that stuff and be so surprised in the moment when you see the, the reveal of who the character is there or what, what the conclusion of the story. I couldn't imagine a mo movie like The Usual Suspects coming out now uh, with the big reveal ending like that or other movies that have those big surprise endings. You'd be like, oh, I know what it is. I know what the ending is. I researched this the whole time. D'Artagnan is the villain or whatever. But. Yeah. Oh well. On that note, oh, well. On that note, uh, do you guys mind if we wrap it up here? Oh, no. sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Picard Season Two. Phil, would you be down to join us for um, the? <laughs> I, I'm pressing. I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I. Mm. Depending on how the next couple episodes go, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I might just want to pinch this, and then like we'll do one final Season Two <clears throat> full review. Uh, Phil, would you be down to join us for that? I would, I would love to. I'd love to join you guys at the end of the season and see if we were right at some of our predictions on the way this season's going to play out. Also, Phil, would you also be down to join us for some House of the Dragon when that comes Ooh, out? Absolutely. I'll definitely be down to talk about that. I'm going to be going into it a little bit more ignorant than some people. I mean, I know the, the broad strokes of the story, but I've purposely stayed somewhat ignorant. So it's going to be fun to, uh, to, to watch it. But I'm I absolutely will be around for uh, House of Dragon stuff with you guys. Oh, I have a series not for you then. <laughs> Overanalyzing House of the Dragon. <laughs> I'm still watching that because I need I'm, st I'm, st I'm still going to watch that, Preston. Come on. I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. But also, uh, we, we uh, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Phil. We have uh, this other YouTuber, Trey the Explainer. He does uh, a mm -hmm. lot of uh, paleontology, uh, you know, sciencey type of stuff. Um, he'll be joining us every now and then too. So it'd be great to have Sweet. you guys coming every in and now and then and we Preston in case you haven't noticed this we have a lot of like people uh we're gonna be collabing with this year so far we've done with you Trey uh men of the west um <clears throat> yeah fuck who, we gotta we're, get we're we're caught we're we're we're, we're caught you know forming a fellowship of of uh nice guys that we like while you have my microphone <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's cheesy hopefully we that. can get uh uh some uh someone else uh we 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 already collaborated with um with Glytus. Hope we can get him in there as well. But Phil, uh, we would love to bring you back on if you're down for some Anytime, uh, more Star friend. Trek stuff and uh, some House of the Dragon stuff. But uh, with that out of the way, guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.